Story number one, Bluff, written by Belly Master. A warning shot seared across the nose of the tiny vessel, the shielding unit overloaded and veiled, unable to contest the pure energy that encouraged its failure and demanded its obedience. The tiny vessel slowly rotated in space to face its pursuer. The distance between the two ships shrank as the huge collector drew nearer. On the deck of the smaller vessel, a tiny thing, barely able to sustain its crew for four, the captain swore. Beth, I want those shields back online. Jamie, log all activity. I'm on it, but I don't think... No, Beth. Ash, did you get the turrets working? Of course I did, but what good is that against that thing? The monstrous vessel bore down on them like a glass asteroid. It was perfectly cut and formed and seamless without any transition with hundreds of different inward and outward angles that made up the hull. It certainly wasn't aerodynamic, but there wasn't air in space so it didn't matter too much. The ship had clearly been able to outpace their tiny one. Anthony, the captain, cursed again from his position underneath one of the access panels, desperately trying to rewire the jump drive. He figured that he could hold out on repairing it for another week or so while they made local runs, but that had proven to be a fatal mistake. He took up and stomped over to the light controls, desperate to measure in mind. Jamie fired the stress flares, Standard? No. All of them, everywhere. Fire them all, all over the place. Light us up. Why? Fire the flares, Jamie. Fine. Fine. Anthony turned every light on the ship on. Landing lights, the searching floodlights, distress patterns. Ash angled the solar panels. Got it, got it. Beth, how's it coming? I need at least an half an hour in here. The wires jumped out of the... Five minutes, Beth. The huge alien ship loomed upon them like a whale or towards a minnow. The multifaceted planes of the ship cast a random checkered pattern of light and dark, dancing in the flashing lights of the little vessel. A high-pitched siren noise pitched like a shattering glass assaulting the ears, and the alien voice came through the radio. Cease your movements. Turn off your distress beacons and there is no one to see them. Prepare for collection. Jamie and shot Anthony a fearful look. Collectors didn't lie. There was no one to save them. While honest folk had scraped and scavenged for their livings from wreckages and battle yards, collectors took only from the living on the assumption that anything that wasn't moving was unworthy of effort. They hunted in far-off regions of space, preying on those smaller and slower than them. Collector ships were often crewed by one or three different species, but never by more than one. Anthony had no idea who was on the other side of the radio. He decided to bluff. The distress beacons are for your sake, you mangy vultures. Ash gawked at him. What are you? So are the lights and the movement. We did our best to keep you safe at bay. But since you insist, it looks like we'll have to bisect your ship. The radio was silent for a moment. What? Is your translator working properly? For a moment I thought you were threatening... Anthony pushed Ash out of the way and grabbed a microphone. I am threatening you, you helium-filled waste of particles. Back off and nobody gets hurt. Your ship is disabled. Your singular turret is the only capable of enough output to breach 18 square meters of shield. There is no possible way that you're backing your threat. Please, just end your lives and ease the duties of our collection crew. And the mighty ship loomed closer dwarfing their tiny little vessel like an elephant over a dant. Anthony hissed and Jamie and Ash keep flashing the lights, switches everything. 
Move everything we have, but the calibrations do it. Anthony turned back to the microphone and slowly opening the gate of the collector's ship. He took a deep breath, removed all semblance of civility, and let loose the pent-up stress and rage from the past three years of scavenging. You, pathetic, cowardly, developmentally disabled excuses for sentient mud. You listen up. Excuse me, that's very... No. You listen, cold runner. All you do is hunt down others, I get it. You failed out whatever honorable vocation your sorry parents wanted for you. And now, you're trying to make up for it in the scummiest way possible. The only possible way that you could be even more revolting to everyone that knows of your existence is if they could see you. Because I bet you're ugly and as the devil himself. Only he has pretty ones. Hey now, shut up. You blow-burning, vapor-huffing, crap-licking, waste-dump. You smell like garbage. You look like someone smeared a paparit on engine grease. And now your parents hate you. The only reason that you got out of here of a knock-off art project of a ship was because whatever evolutionary mistake of a planet you came from was wanted you gone. You filthy, lice-ridden hyena. And if you look or act anything like you do, I'm sure they'll all dead by now because they're self-terminating out of shame. Same shame that you should have for even trying to exist the way that you do. You and your entire crew are pirate wannabe rejects. Anthony stopped to heave for some air. There was a silence from a moment, and both Jamie and Ash were staring at him with wide eyes. Beth was snickering somewhere. That's psycho. They were all going to die. The alien voice came through again, slightly quieter, and quivering. You. Anthony launched off again, and another thing. If your half-decomposed brain thinks for even a single nanosecond that we are just going to roll over and let you squeak rusty bucket dissect us for parts, you fail to understand anything about pride and principle and professionalism, which is obvious from where you're rotting right now. So, I'm going to spell it out for you, you illiterate dropout. Anthony started to raise his voice even louder, somehow as the tiny ship flashed and rolled and flapped and wheeled before the massive collector. If you come a single league closer, I will attack. If you try field us in, I will attack. If you fire on us, I will attack. If you follow us, I will attack. I will hunt down whatever passes for a bridge on that disco ball piñata of yours, burn a hole through that knockoff discount hull, and ram this entire ship down your throat. And after I come out of the other end, I'll set my core to blow and rid this existence of your disgusting presence. Which I should probably do anyway, you filth. Now, I don't got all day to wait for your answer, so let's hear something out of you, you sniveling mouth. He finished gasping for breath, blood up on his red face. The massive multi-planner shielded ship floated dull, like a castle with its lights out. It was quiet for the better part of a minute. Anthony looked over his crew, Jamie pantomiming a clapping motion, and Ash had his arms crossed, head shaking in disbelief. Beth rolled out of the access duct. Shields up, Cap, ready when you are. Anthony looked at the others, Jamie nodded with a determined look on her face, and Ash shrugged. Might as well. Anthony cracked his neck. Stations, let's go. The radio buzzed and a different tentative voice came through. The previous commanding officer is currently unfit to command. or need... So, I'll take his position. You will not do any of the aforementioned actions, as they are self-destructive, and would not end with you and your crew living. Neither would bending over for you, you gas-eyed excuse for a maggot. I'm getting bored of waiting for your answer. You wouldn't 
try me. I dare you to try me. I will blow us both to bits and be hailed as a saint with a scavenger's barbecue over your corpses. This isn't, come on, make a move. Dudes, come back, let's burn, baby. Anthony whooped with a suicidal glee. Jamie and Beth had even Ash joined in. Muffled voices came from the other side of the radio. Anthony squinted at the ship. You better be writing your last one and testament, you slimy, wooden-ridden, enough, enough, we're leaving, leave us alone. The gargantuan ship lit up and slowly began backing away from the tiny vessel. The connection started to fade. Damned humans. What was that? Get back here, you cowardly. The connection severed, and they were left in silence, watching the enormous collector ship shrink slowly into this distance. Anthony suddenly became aware of the adrenaline coursing through him and shook himself and then set down the microphone and turned to his crews with wide eyes. We're, uh, we're good. We're good. What the hell? Nervous laughter turned to actual celebratory cheering before they quietened down. Anthony had both hands at his head, eyes wide. Gods, that was, um, that was crazy. What was I saying? Beth punched him in the arm and bit her lip. Hey, I thought it was kinda hot. He laughed again, the tension rushing out of him. Ash slouched into the pilot chair. We still gotta get out of here. Really messed up our calibrations, flailing about like that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. We, we should fix that. He moved over to the kinetic control panels. Jamie looked up from his seat, mouth open in a smile. You're not gonna believe this, what? She pointed at the console. We were recording all of it. Anthony shook his head and blew out the air from his mouth. Dandy, ma, let's go home. End of chapter.